Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So what have I been telling you about the left's uh, planned coming coup? Uh, the conspiracy to uh, basically overthrow the results of the election if President Trump wins. What have I been telling you? Well, what's the first rule of the conspiracy? Don't talk about the conspiracy, the fight club rule, right? What's the second rule of the conspiracy? Blame it on your opponent and make it look like they're doing it. I've got an update on that. I've also got a just killer update on John Brennan. The guy's the puppet master. We've only been saying it for three years. The evidence now is overwhelming. And I've got some video of Biden clearly not in touch with reality anymore. Today's show brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. My savvy uh, view, uh, viewers and listeners, they get a VPN because they don't want people spying on their online activity. Get your VPN today. Go to Express vpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Dude, life is grand. Glad to be here as yeah. always. Is yeah, seriously. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Doing good. well. Have a good day with little Joe yesterday. Uh, little Joe's not big Joe. Anytime my son's with me, it's a great day, That's brother. Right. Damn right. That's why the yeah. audience loves you. Uh, one quick thing, too. Uh, President Trump has been... Uh, Nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for, I'm not kidding, for actually doing something, which is terrific. Um, Obama was nominated for the act of uh, respiration (laughs) for uh, um, inhaling oxygen and uh, exhaling carbon dioxide. Uh, Obama's act of very existing, he was nominated for. Uh, President Trump with his peace deal between UAE um, and Israel I was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for actually doing something for yeah, peace. Yeah, man. <laughs> Shocker. I mean, they're turning that whole peace prize thing around quickly. All right. Let me get right to it. Right. We do have a loaded show today. Today's show brought to you by friends at My Patriot Supply. Listen, are you ready for what's next? We've been talking about it for days now. It's likely coming. Sadly, food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, and social unrest. Ask yourself a question. Are you prepared? You've ensured everything in your life that matters, right? Most of you have health insurance, car insurance, home insurance, some form life insurance. How can you not insure your food supply? It just doesn't make sense. Here's the harsh reality. Most Americans haven't prepared for food, some potential food shortage. Insure your food supply today. Avoid panic masses. You don't want to be relying on the government or potential starvation. Get your four-week supply of emergency food today from our friends at MyPatriotSupply.com. Starvation or dependency on the government are your only options when you fail to plan ahead. Avoid the pain of being unprepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Build your emergency food supply with meals that last up to 25 years in storage. Ship discreetly right to your front door. Now's the time to do it. Don't wait another day. There's still time for you to prepare. That's MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot Preparedness Company. I've been using them forever. I have a lot of it myself. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Ensure your food supply today. MyPatriotSupply.com. All right, Joe, let's go. So, um... Folks, I've been warning you for days now, and uh, I've been getting so much feedback on this. I have to be candid with you because I do the show for you. It's not for me. It's for you. And you have made us the number two show in the country, a digital podcast for conservatives, and I'm proud of that. And the content is for you, but I have to be honest with you. We're getting so much feedback on these shows about the left's post-election chaos plans. Essentially, they're coup. I covered the Michael Anton piece in the American Thinker at length called The Coming Coup. It's in my show notes from the last few days. I suggest you read it. It is a fantastic piece. He has a book coming out too, by the way. Maybe we'll get him on the show to talk about it. Um, And I'm getting feedback and it's given me some hesitancy 
because I think some of you are getting the wrong idea. So I was on Hannity last night and I brought up again the Transition Integrity Project, the leftist group, and the Defeat Disinfo group who are planning for election, post-election chaos in the event Biden doesn't win. And uh, I'm sitting there with my wife last night after the Hannity appearance. You know, studio's in the office. I walk right down, go right to bed afterwards like everyone else. And we're chatting and she says, that was a really good appearance. She, does. she rarely, you know, says that unless it's good. She, you know, my wife doesn't really, you know, if it's bad, she'll be like, ah, it was boring. She's like, that was really good. You managed to fit in in two minutes, everything about the coming coup. But the, I said to her, shockingly, 80% of the emails were positive, but 20% of them roughly were, Dan, what are you trying to do? Scare us? In other words, are you suggesting we better vote for Biden or there's going to be street chaos? Really? You're reading this all wrong, folks. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is no matter what happens in this election and no matter who you vote for, there's chaos ahead. Joe, if I'm not making sense, because you're a good ombudsman yeah. here, please correct me, because I want the audience to be crystal clear why I continue to cover the left's plans. Yeah. It's not to scare you, it's your, so you're prepared. Here are your choices. Choice one, Biden wins, and the chaos doesn't stop at all. Mm -hmm. Portland, Chicago, New York, liberal Joe Biden, liberal mayors, and the liberal cultural elitists have now been empowered, and they have the White House again. There will be no, remember, Ferguson, all that stuff happened under Obama. Mm -hmm. So you have two choices, Joe Biden and long-term street chaos and crime, or Donald Trump, a leftist temper tantrum after the election. That's going to be serious. I don't mean to downplay it, but it will be intense mm -hmm. after the election and street violence, but long-term stability under Donald Trump with a reestablished law and order regime. <laughs> I think the choice is obvious. You know what? We'll deal with it in the short term. We know it's coming. Our police departments will be prepared. Our representatives hopefully will be prepared. You'll be prepared. Republican groups will be prepared for the legal fights. You'll be prepared for some of the street chaos by understanding it's coming and knowing what to do. Call your local officials, ask them, make sure they're ready. Or long-term chaos. Right. I don't want you to be confused here. There is no third choice, which is like, Oh, you know what? We'll sit this one out and nothing will happen. You don't have a third choice. There's no option C. There's no option three. There's one or two. Joe Biden, perpetual chaos in the United States and liberal cities being taken over by criminals or two, Donald Trump wins. We deal with the short-term chaos and we fix this country in the long run. Either way. I know it doesn't. Yeah, right. The, yeah, you get that show? The fan. Like, yeah, right. Either way. Yes. Either way. Yes. Yeah. We're Do you good, want Daniel. a little bit to hit the fan or a lot of bit to hit there the fan? There you go. But, because I'm getting a lot of emails about this and people think, oh, I'm encouraging somehow by telling people about the coming coup they're planning that, oh, gosh, tell, tell, um, you're, you know, you're scaring people to vote for Trump. That's not what I'm doing. Under Biden, you have this chaos is going to be perpetual. Having said that, the reason I keep addressing this is what are the two rules, um, according to Michael Anton's piece about the coup they're planning? In other words, the post-election day chaos they want in the streets if Donald Trump wins. Number one is don't talk about the conspiracy. They don't want the conspiracy exposed, so they don't talk about the conspiracy. The Fight Club rule, we addressed this the other day, no need to go over it again. Because nobody likes conspiracies, folks. It's got a negative overtone to it, doesn't it? That's why leftists call it conspiracy theories, because it's got a negative overtone. A conspiracy reeks of a cabal behind the scenes planning something nefarious, doesn't it? All right. So the way to avoid being associated with a conspiracy to overthrow the United States government, potentially, if Donald Trump wins re-election, is to not talk about it. So you're therefore not exposed. But what's rule number two? Don't talk about the conspiracy. Rule number one, rule number two, blame the conspiracy. 
on your opponent. This is what we're going to hit on briefly today. Did I not tell you that the other day this was coming? The leftists and their media allies, because that's what the media has become, leftist allies, are experts at gaslighting. I talk about gaslighting a lot, but do you know what gaslighting is? Gaslighting has three components. Gaslighting people are lying to them. Gaslighting is when you tell a lie, number one, and you repeat it. Number two, you tell the lie confidently. In other words, you don't waver. You tell the lie confidently. The sky is made of marshmallows. No, no, it's really made of marshmallows. Come on, you don't know. What are you, an idiot? You don't know the sky's made of marshmallows? The sky, what a moron. Doesn't know the sky's made of marshmallows. You're like, you start to question yourself. You're like, the sky made of marshmallows? Did I not know this? You start Googling it. The sky made of marshmallows. sky made of marshmallows. thought it was composed of gases and everything like that. That kind of thing. Glasses, clouds, that kind of atmospheres, that kind of... No, 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 marshmallows. What's the third rule of gaslighting? Isolate people from the truth. This number three is where the leftist media has a problem. Follow me here. I'm covering the two rules of the coup. We covered rule number one. Don't talk about the conspiracy and the coup coming after the election. Number two, blame it on your opponent. How do you blame it on your opponent if it's not true? Ladies and gentlemen, you watch the news, right? You have social media, you're on Facebook, you're on Parler, you're on Twitter, you're on whatever social media platform you're on. You see leftist groups, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, destroying cities. There's no outbreak of, of, of mass, uh, you know, white nationalists burning down New York City. I'm not saying these groups don't exist. I'm not saying... You know, people who are uh, motivated by racism on 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 any in any plan. We get that. That's all crappy garbage stuff. All right, we get it. I'm simply suggesting to you that your eyeballs are telling you the truth. Black Lives Matter and Antifa are burning down American cities. So how would rule number two of the conspiracy is to blame it on your opponent? How are they going to do that? You do it by gaslighting. You just make it up. You just lie, and you lie confidently. And you try to isolate people from the truth, which is hard. Here's we go with the you know swamp playing into this again. Look at this Chiron from CNN. This is the this is again how you blame this this street violence and the coming chaos on Donald Trump, even though you're doing it. CNN Chiron DHS white supremacists are the most persistent and lethal threat through 2021. Listen, any racist group is a threat, but this is the most persistent and lethal threat. Um, okay, let's move on to headline number two from The Nation. This is a cover, an actual cover of their magazine at The Nation. Is Trump planning a coup d'etat? Many observers, including Republicans, worry that he is. They're organizing now to stop him. (laughs) Jeez Louise. No, this is hilarious. The left is on paper. The Transition Integrity Project, Defeat This Info, all of these leftist groups using counterinsurgency tactics in the United States to engage in a post-election coup if Donald Trump wins. And what do they do? They gaslight you. They say, no, no, Trump's doing it. It's Trump. He's de- It's the MAGA people organizing the chaos. <laughs> what? This is gaslighting. Lie. It's MAGA doing it. Lie confidently. Put it on the front page of our magazine. Trump coup d'etat. You got to Google like Trump's planning a coup d'etat. I didn't hear about that. And then isolate people from the truth. That's their problem. 
There's one more. I saw this gem in the in the Daily Yeast yesterday. Check this one out. This this is an actual story in the Yeast by Stam Stam Stein, the political editor. The left. <laughs> I don't want to laugh, but this is so obviously gaslighting. The left secretly preps for MAGA violence after election day. Joe, that MAGA <laughs> violence. Joe, you've seen it everywhere, right? Oh, Joe, yeah. I know oh, where yeah. you are uh-huh. up in Maryland. Yeah. I don't I don't even <laughs> want to say where Joe lives because the left might come and burn his house down. But Joe's somewhere in Maryland in an undisclosed bunker. Yeah. He's he's next. Him and Levin had the same bunker planners. They both they both live in an uh, from the secret bunker, seven layers deep into the earth. Joe is in Maryland. <laughs> Joe, your neighborhood, the MAGA, red hat MAGA, I know it's constantly yeah. under threat. You, you had to go to a gated community to escape the violent red hat MAGA crowd, right? Oh, what, dude. Who is, what, what evidence there is, is there anywhere that this is true? None. No. Gaslighting, though. Lie. MAGA violence. Out of control. Lie confidently. Definitely out of control. Let's write a piece in the Daily East. Third. This is where they have a problem gaslighting. Isolate people from the truth. Now, ladies and gentlemen, years ago, when the mainstream media consisted of ABC, NBC, and CBS, decades ago, before Fox, before social media, before all the advent of Breitbart and Conservative Review and my website and others, there were no alternative sources of information. If Brokaw said it, if Cronkite said it, if Brinkley said it, it happened. If they didn't say it, nobody heard about it because they only had their local news as an option. That was it. That's not the case anymore. The third component of gaslighting, which is necessary, you have to isolate people from the truth. It's what the North Koreans do. They don't let people, they don't let information in. It's what the Chinese do by censoring the internet. It's how they get people to believe propaganda. That's not as easy in the United States. Although Facebook and others, the tech tyrants, are trying to get there to isolate people from the truth. Believe me, they're trying. But it's very, very hard. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, they are organizing this after the election. And you have two choices. We can deal with it and we can squash it post-election. If any violence or criminality breaks out and then we're on a glide path to long-term prosperity in a second-term President Trump, Or you can deal with perpetual chaos under Biden. Those are your only choices. I've said to you repeatedly, if you think this fight is not coming to your front door and you're just going to sit this one out, you are sorely mistaken. This fight is going to knock on your front door. It's only a matter of when, not a matter of if. Get ready now. That's the purpose of this. All right, uh, let me get to my second sponsor. Um, Then I want to get to... um, just, again, the hilarity by the media trying to isolate you from the truth, but it's impossible. You'll find it. There are alternative media sources. Today's show also brought to you by a sponsor you know by well. You you know really well by now. Excuse me. ExpressVPN. Hey, listen, you ever use incognito mode while browsing? Why is internet privacy important to you? Well, listen, it's important to us because we don't want people knowing what we're doing online, where we get our information, where we get our sources, who I communicate with. I don't need that stuff. I don't want people looking into my online activity. That's why we trust and a trusted partner of this show and my company here has always been ExpressVPN. That's why we use them in the beginning of the show as well. And we mention them every day before we start. Because your internet service provider, they can see every site you're visited. Even if you use that incognito mode I just talked about. Even if you clear your history. Do you know that? 
Whether you're providers, Comcast, Verizon, et cetera, in the U.S., they can legally sell your data to ad companies. Folks, I don't want people creeping on my stuff. That's why we use, as I said, ExpressVPN. It's an app that reroutes and encrypts your internet connection through their personal secure service. So that, so through their secure service, so your internet provider can't see what sites you visit. We love it. We use it here. We use a VPN. We use a router too. ExpressVPN protects 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption. It runs seamlessly in the background. There's no lagging or buffering. It's super easy to use. You tap one button and you're protected. It's rated the number one VPN by CNET and Wired. It's available on all your devices, phones, computers, routers. Your whole family's protected under one subscription. Go today to expressvpn.com slash Bongino and you get an extra three months free on a one-year package. You can't beat that. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Don't have people prying in your online activity, prying into it. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right. So again, showing you how the media is effortlessly engaging in uh, gaslighting, and they just think you're just going to go along with it and not seek out the truth. Um, here was a little piece of hilarity before we get on to more serious stuff. Um, I like to take a little comic relief in the middle of the show so I don't have to overwhelm you with macabre, down, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. depressing kind of media, you know, where you're going to need some kind of like psychoactive drugs or something. So here's a tweet by the... Uh, hilariously incompetent the hill who knows what happened with them you know years ago they tried to pretend they were nonpartisan. they're now a full-on leftist rag all the time here is a tweet by the hill yesterday um for those of you watching on the youtube you'll catch on to this quick audio listeners don't worry i'll make this one quick and easy for you check this tweet out uh the hill from their social media account just in uh-oh trump support here's the karen crowd trump supporters gathered without masks in North Carolina, despite requests from local GOP official. And they use a photo below yeah. of Donald Trump in front of a crowd. Paula, can you show us that photo and zoom in a little bit? It's a fascinating photo. So just yeah. to be clear that, you know, the, the Hill, the Karens at the Hill, Trump supporters gathered without masks. And when we zoom in on that photo there, uh, what do we see? Something interesting right there. Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, what, what, what do we, oh, oh, everybody's got a mask on in that photo. Look at Isn't that, that weird? They don't, <laughs> look at, look at, Joe, yes. Joe, I'm sorry again. I hate to keep going back to it. Do you yes. have Donnie Brasco up? Uh, can you sure. just play some Donnie? Maybe I'm one sure or two that of them. I can find him. Sure, man. Yeah, yeah, dig that up for me, please. Again. Do. You've got it. One more time. What are you going to do? Thanks, Donnie. <laughs> well, what are you going to, I don't know. Huh? Do you understand, folks, what, I mean, this is how they, they really think you're a moron. In your they, face. They're catering. They are, con you can see it. You didn't even need to zoom in. Paula did that as a courtesy. There you go. She zoomed in again, even more. Everybody in the, I'm trying to look. Do you see anybody in this picture without a mask on? I don't. Do you see well, anyone? Yeah, no, one, seriously. One, you, I don't yeah. see it. There's a guy with, uh, Where? with glasses Where is on and, and uh, lower right center. They're looking at a phone. They're holding a phone up or something. There's a guy or a gal there. Where? He's got glasses oh, on. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. All right, Joe found one. All right. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're one for a hundred. Nice work, Joe. Well done. There you go. Joe's not gaslighting you. No. Again, folks, don't expect the media to do actual journalism. They have one job to get you the facts. And I'll show you a poll later in wow. the show. Um, one job. That's literally your one job is to get you the facts. Now, you would think if your job was to get people the facts and you were consistently polling as one of the least trusted entities in America, 
<laughs> in some limited circles, we would call that a problem, <laughs> but not with the media. They don't. And this is why the embarrassing Hill Trump supporters get carrying everyone without masks, showing a photo with everybody with masks except for one person. All right. I'm, I got listen, folks, I've got a loaded show. Let me give you a little bit of a rundown here. I've got this Brennan stuff coming up later. That's really serious. It's something Joe, me, Paula, Drew have put together on this show for a long time, telling you that John Brennan is the puppet master. It's an easy story to understand. He is being burned badly. I want a hat tip 279er for some great points. You know, he's one of my best sources here. But I've got some good stuff. Oh, <laughs> you hear the dog? You hear the dog? Did that come yeah. through? You know, it's all right. <laughs> the little Lucy. It's only her third day in the house. We have to put her in a, you know, a crate training or so mm-hmm. we have to keep her in for a little while. To, but she's, you all right over there? Yeah, she's okay. She just wants to, wants to be petted. This dog is so adorable. It's the best dog ever. She rarely barks around. I mean, I love this dog. She's so great. All right, back to the show. Enough about Lucy. Well, we'll keep you updated on Lucy's progress in the house. <laughs> she heard her name. <laughs> She's getting up now. I, I want to show you this uh, before we get to Brennan. Just this one quick video. Uh, Joe Biden's in a lot of trouble, ladies and gentlemen, a lot. As I've told you from my sources, and we have top-notch good sources, they are telling me that people on the inside around Joe Biden, I'm not kidding. I'm not, this is not exaggeration or hyperbole for effect or anything like that are really, really concerned that Biden's condition, his cognitive condition is not just deteriorating, but deteriorating at a much, it's not just the rate of change, it's the rate of change of the rate of change. That second order derivative, you get what I'm saying? It's not just that it's going down, a rate of change, it's that the rate of change is going down dramatically. Mm-hmm. Not, but, and they're worried every day about his capacity to get up and function in his position as the Democrat nominee. I'm not kidding. I don't throw that out there flippantly or haphazardly or, 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 or in any way to be, it's not funny. The cognitive decline is a serious issue. But the man's running to be the president of the United States. Let's be crystal clear. Here we go. Here's a piece of video from yesterday. Here is Biden at a, Q&A with union people. It's over like a Zoom type thing. It's crystal clear. One, the questions have been pre-prepared. These are not extemporaneous off-the-cuff questions. And secondly, that Biden's clearly reading the answer to the pre-prepared question from a teleprompter. Listen in the beginning where he's like, hey, can you raise this thing up? Check this out and watch the trouble he has even answering pre-prepared questions. Check this out. And I would like to know, what will your administration do to help them give them that chance? Thank you. Move it up here. You know, there used to be a basic bargain in this country. Workers shared in the wealth their work helped create. Folks, come on, man. Man. That's Joe Biden. It's Biden's line, right, Joe? Come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. Come on, man. Joe, come on. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Is that a Biden? Was that just Biden? Yeah. Uh When did you do that? Uh, Was that a Biden drop? Yeah. 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 Uh Uh-huh. Let me hear that again. I didn't. You, you didn't oh, tell me you had that in your come record. Come on, man. Play that again. <laughs> <laughs> Play that one more time. That was pretty good. I don't mean to beat you over the head with the drops, but these are real bits of good. I don't know what the hell he's talking that. about. <laughs> I did not plan this. You know, I try to maintain control of it. I did not plan it. Very good. Very good. Very funny. You got me on that one. I... I 
folks, he, he, the man can't answer a question. He's clearly reading a pre-prepared answer from a pre-prepared question from a prompter. And he doesn't even know that he's alive to say, hey, uh, maybe, maybe like hint, like, you know, sometimes with Paula, when I need something behind the camera, I have a little like hints. Like sometimes we'll have like the wrong spot up and I'll be like, or do some kind of like sign or something, some like jujitsu. Biden's just like, cause he's like, he didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Can you raise that thing up? You know, you know, the prompter I'm <laughs> reading from. And then even when he's reading, he still can't answer the question. Folks, this guy's in real trouble. Let me just get to some electoral stuff here quick. This is important. Miami Herald, which is a left-wing paper, but the Miami Herald's even starting to sound the alarm right now on Biden. He's in a lot of trouble, folks. Read this article. This is an important one. Biden's struggling to win Miami Latinos. New poll finds. Will it cost him Florida? David Smiley, Miami Herald. To show you how poorly he's performing amongst minority groups compared to even Hillary Clinton, who did nothing for the minority community at all. Hispanic voters, black voters, Asian voters, none of them. Look at this from the Miami Herald. Again, this is not some right-wing paper. Now, you may say, well, 17-point deficit for Trump amongst uh, South Florida Hispanics. That doesn't sound great. Folks, Trump's not going to win South Florida. I live in Florida. He doesn't have to. He just has to cut his losses. So he's down by 17. And it's well outside the polls, 4.4 percentage point margin of error. Quote, but Trump doesn't need to win Miami-Dade. That's South Florida. He just needs to do better in the Democratic-leaning counties to offset possible losses in other parts of Florida. In 2016, he lost Miami-Dade to Hillary Clinton by 30 points, about 290,000 votes, but won the state by 1.2% of the total vote. Think about it, folks. This is important. Let's put meat on the bone and give you some 2020 election chops right here. If Trump won Florida by 1.2 points, which, by the way, in Florida is a landslide. Seriously, in Florida, everybody wins or loses by 0.0001% of the vote every time. Happens all the time. To win by 1.2% is the equivalent of a landslide. Trump wins Florida by 1.2% while losing to Hillary Clinton in South Florida, where there's a heavy Cuban and Hispanic community, losing by 30 points. Yet right now, he's only down 17 effectively cutting that in half. Biden's in a lot of trouble, folks, a lot of trouble. If he doesn't win Florida and he doesn't win Pennsylvania, the pathway for Biden to win the election is almost completely locked off. We'll see what happens. I'm trying to stay out of the predictions game. All right, this story is super important. I have been warning you for a long time about John Brennan. And John Brennan's role as a puppet master in this entire scheme to try and take down Trump. Again, I know it's complicated. The whole Spygate Russian collusion hoax thing, it doesn't have to be. The details can be complicated. The overall story is not. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, and his intelligence people spied on Donald Trump when he was a presidential candidate to give information to the Hillary campaign, to feed to the media, to destroy him. That is the entire scandal, period. The details of how they did it, I get it get confusing sometimes. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, when I cover Spygate from this point on, cover it from the big global picture because I don't want people to get lost in the deets. This story is important. 
Why am I talking about this today? Paul Sperry, who's been all over this Spygate scandal from the beginning, he's got a lot of stuff he's nailed. Some other stuff I disagree with, but he's been on this from the beginning. He put out this social media post yesterday, and it's important. He says, developing, investigators have learned that Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, ran a secret task force out of Langley with its own separate budget to investigate the Trump campaign and alleged ties to Russia. The task force was set up before the FBI officially launched its own probe on 7-31-16, July 31st, 2016. What have I been telling you from the start? You're not wasting your time here. I've been telling you for three years, Brennan has been marshalling this entire operation from day one, and Obama knew about it. Brennan has been doing this. Brennan is in a panic. Brennan's story has always been to push it off. Oh, we got this information and we just gave it to the FBI. We had nothing to do. We don't spy on American citizens. That's been his cover story. From day one. His cover story's been, I didn't know anything about the dossier until after the election. Don't worry, I got video of that coming in a minute. You get his cover story? Some people, some intel people gave us some stuff, but because it was an American citizen, we gave it to the FBI. That's their job. That's your theory. Remember Chris Farley? <laughs> it was that Tommy boy. That's your theory. That's been his, his nonsense from day one. Everybody dig? That story is bogus. He's trying to paint himself as some innocent victim here. I got some foreign intel. I gave it to the FBI. What did you want me to do with it? You were that this whole thing with the foreign intel was your idea. Sperry is right. Brennan had this thing going, this task force from the start with the sole goal to in circumvention of U.S. spy laws, spy on Donald Trump. How did he do it? He used foreign governments. Let's produce the evidence. I'd say receipts, but Paula hates it. So let's go back to this Washington Post op-ed the other day that we put on the show. How Brennan now knows he's caught. He's been caught by Durham, who's investigating him. Been caught doing what? Being the puppet master, organizing a spy operation against a U.S. citizen. It's that simple. So Brennan writes this op-ed. Now it'll make sense why he's throwing Obama under the bus. Washington Post, John Brennan. Trump will suffocate the intelligence community to get reelected. This was just August 31st, 2020, just a week ago. And in this Washington Post op-ed, there is a critical date. Remember the dates, remember the names, remember the times. From the Washington Post op-ed, Brennan writes, just a little more than four years ago, the U.S. faced a similar challenge and met it in a different way. Obama already knew the Russians were hacking into the networks of U.S. presidential campaigns. But on the afternoon of July 28, 2016, I informed him in a hurriedly scheduled meeting that Putin had authorized his intelligence services to carry out activities to hurt Hillary Clinton and boost Donald Trump. Interesting that he's so specific on the date in that piece. Again, hat tip 279 on this. But throughout the rest of the piece, he leaves the dates in the fall of, in the spring of, in the beginning of the month. But he's very specific, Joe, about that one date, mm -hmm. July 28th. I briefed Obama on July 28th. Ladies and gentlemen, this may be the first time, by the way, 279, I have a little disagreement here on this one. It's clear right now Brennan's taking Obama down with him. 
That is why he mentioned, Paul, if this doesn't make sense, mm. you got to stop me. She doesn't like when Spygate stuff gets confusing. Why is he mentioning this specific date, July 28th? Not the end of July, Joe. He doesn't say towards the end of July. He doesn't say mm -hmm. towards the end of the summer. Brennan, throughout the rest of the piece, he's always... He obfuscates the date by saying the fall, the spring, the end of the month. He never gives a specific date. Why is he doing it now? Because he knows he's caught and he's bringing Obama down with him. And he's trying to scare people like Obama to let them know, hey, read the op-ed. I'm telling everybody, you know, you knew too. So you better not throw me into the bus. How do I know he's doing that? Well, it's right around early July where Brennan gets this idea to spy on Trump. Eh, he's probably had the idea for a while, but he starts to formalize it into a black op, a behind-the-scenes operation. Remember, there's no formal intelligence developed on this. Brennan's running a rogue operation to spy on President Trump. By July 28th, I believe he figures out how to do it. How? Brennan figures out, well, he can't spy on Donald Trump using legitimate intelligence means because he's be spying on an American citizen, Donald Trump, for no reason. So he uses foreign counterparts to do it because they're not subjected to U.S. spying laws. They pass information to him, but the information can't be passed through official channels. Why? Because then his operation will be exposed. That he's spying on a U.S. citizen. Everybody dig? Yeah, yeah. So he has to keep that foreign intelligence isolated, but he has to get it through it, the FBI. Follow me through non-official channels. Because if he passes it through official channels, he leaves a footprint that he's spying on an American citizen. So they come up with this plan. Let's use these two guys, Stefan Halper and Christopher Steele, and we can have them put together a dossier that'll magically, magically, Joe, find its way to the FBI. And when it does, I'll say, I don't know anything about it, but I've heard some similar stuff somewhere. So you guys may be onto some, you FBI guys. Keep going with it. Mm -hmm. I have to stop. Paula, what you, is this making sense so far? Brandon wants to spy on Trump. He can't do it. Uses foreign governments. Can't leave any footprints that he's using foreign governments to do it. So he needs a cutout. So he has the foreign governments launder the information through a dossier and these two guys, Steele and Halper. But now he's got to connect Steele and Halper to the FBI. Oh, when does that happen? Wouldn't it be crazy if that happened on July 28th? The date. Brennan winks and nods about and his Washington Post be saying, hey, I told Obama on July 28th. He's very specific. You know what Brennan's telling Obama? Don't you dare rat me out. I'm telling everybody you knew too. That's what he's doing in this op-ed. Make no mistake. He doesn't mention any other specific date in the op-ed other than that one. Well, how do we know that Brennan's black op makes its way to the FBI through the dossier on July 28th? Because they've already told us. Let's go to Lisa Page, lead FBI lawyer, one of them on the case. Here's her testimony to Trey Gowdy under oath. Gowdy's asking her when they opened up the case on July 31st. And she says, talking about Peter Stroke when he went in to open it up. She says, Page, and I quote, 
And so he went in, Peter, because we were like, holy cow, this is a big deal. And we're all very stressed out about this. This is the information they're getting. And so I think we learned about the case on Friday or Thursday or Friday. I can't remember now. I can do the math, but I'm a lawyer. Gowdy says, the 28th? Mr. Lisa Page says, thanks. Gowdy says again, you learned about it on the 28th. Lisa Page, quote, right. Thank you. <laughs> Busted! Wow. By the way, again, not to keep my new book has a whole chapter on this little scamaruski. We didn't have the Washington Post up when the book came out, but this Follow the Money is the new book coming out in uh, just a few weeks. We didn't have, we didn't need the Washington Post. We'd put this together. You've been telling you Brennan's been marshalling this thing the whole time. He's the puppet master. He's always been the puppet master. So weird how the FBI under oath. Lisa Page, who's working the case, who's having an affair with the lead investigator, Peter Stroke, admits under oath they got the information on July 28th, the same day Brennan runs into Obama in a, quote, hurriedly organized meeting to tell Obama about the same thing. Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird, too, how on July 28th, Lisa Page and her boyfriend, Peter Stroke, they're both investigating Trump. They learn about it on July 28th. They're also fascinated by this article and a blog about Russian influence in the election. Look at their text, because we have those now. We can actually read those. Here's a July 28th text. They're saying to each other, ha, first line of this article made me smile. Well, what's the first line of the article? What does the U.S. government know about Russia and the DNC Act? It's a lawfare blog article. Talking about Russians trying to influence the election on behalf of Trump. They're texting on July 28th. You know, the same day Brennan runs into Obama. Brennan, who says he doesn't know anything about the dossier or Steele or Halper. Yet the Steele-Halper information comes into the FBI on July 28th when Brennan goes to the White House to tell Obama. But Brennan doesn't know anything about the dossier, folks. He's told us that many times until December. July 28th, December. December's after July 28th. So Brennan has to be lying, right? Now, you may say, well, Dan, how do we know? You're making a bold assertion here. I know I'm right. How do we know that Brennan's the puppet master and is keeping the FBI in the dark because he's trying to cover the fact that he's spying via foreign entities on an American citizen. I'm going to get to that in a second. How I know Brennan's running a black operation, a dark operation. No quitting. Let me get to my third sponsor here. Job Creators Network, ladies and gentlemen, we have an election coming up. It is super important. Do not wait. Get on with uh, Job Creators Network today. KeepAmericaAmerica.com. KeepAmericaAmerica.com. What is it? What do they do? Why is it important? Why does it matter? Here we go. It's the most important election of our lifetime. America's on the ballot itself. Police are on the ballot. Freedom's on the ballot. Radicals are uh, pushing to defund our police department. Liberty, freedom, your right to speak online, all of it. Safety's on the ballot. Security. Big R, God-given rights, our way of life. I've told you, I opened the show with this. This is super critical. That's why I'm urging you 
I'm, I take that back. Scratch urging. I'm begging you to join an effort sponsored by Job Creators Network. They are working with the biggest conservative hosts in America. Our show, Hannity, Elder, Prager, Gorka, Gallagher, Hewitt, Bongino. That's me. Shapiro, Sarah Carter. I'm Bongino. This election's about one thing, turnout. The left has their turnout machine. We need ours. That's what they're doing. That's what this spot is about. They're the single most important thing you can do right now in our country is go out and vote. Go, how do you get now? This is what I need you to do. Go to keepamericaamerica.com and become a volunteer in the biggest get out the vote effort in conservative history. Just go to the website. Just check it out. That's all I'm asking. I'm begging you to do this. I love these guys. You'll be given tasks that can make a difference in November. You can do a little. You can do a lot. You can just check it out. But please do your part to get out the vote. Get out the vote. How do we do it? Go to keepamericaamerica.com today. Write it down. Memorize it. Keepamericaamerica.com. Be a part in the biggest get out the vote operation in American history for conservatives. Keepamericaamerica.com. All right. So now we've established pretty clearly that Brennan obviously knows about the operation to spy on Trump because he's doing it on July 28th. We know he tells Obama. We know he writes in the Washington Post about the day he told Obama to scare Obama because he doesn't want Obama to rat him out. Brennan knows he's going down, folks. Hard. We also know the FBI on July 28th learns the same information. Weird. So you may say, well, Dan, fair question is, how do you know Brennan just didn't tell the FBI? Have Jim Comey over for lunch, right, Joe? Fair question. Hey, Jim, I got this dossier from overseas about Trump colluding with the Russians. I need you to spy on Trump. The answer is because Brennan and Comey, hmm, they don't really trust each other. They're both sleazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not absolving the FBI of their sleazy role in this. It was awful. It was grotesque. But there was one puppet master here, and it was John Brennan. So Brennan has to hide his footprint because he doesn't want to tell Comey he's spying on an American citizen. Brennan's not stupid. He's an intel guy. He's been an intel his whole life. He has to hide his foreign intelligence sources that he's spying on an American citizen. So he doesn't tell the FBI. He uses Steele and Halper and sends them over to the FBI and says, hey, guys, look, I got this dossier, right? Well, how do we know that, Dan? Oh, again, we always have the evidence, folks. Always. Here's more of Lisa Page's testimony to Congress under oath, where she's asked this very question. If she's aware of the fact that the CIA got the same information they got in July from Steele. She says, well, yes, sir, because with all due honesty, if Director Brennan, so we got that information from our source, right? I'm reading this direct. The FBI got this information from our source, which, of course, is Steele, folks. If the CIA had another source of that information, I am neither aware of that, nor did the CIA provide it to us if they did. Because the first time we, and then Mark Meadows interrupts her, says, we do know there are multiple sources. She says, yes, I do know that. I do know that the information found its way to a lot of different places. Uh, No kidding. Certainly in October of 2016. Listen to this. This is the key line. I'm telling you, she's not lying. I don't trust Lisa Page as far as I can throw her, but she is not lying here. She says, quote, but if the CIA as early as August, in fact, had those same reports, she's talking about the dossier. I'm not aware of that, nor do I believe they provided them to us. And that would be unusual. Uh, you think it's just the big coinky dink 
that Brennan runs to the White House on July 28th when he gets the dossier information from Steele and Halper and his British counterparts and others to brief Obama on it? You think it's just a coincidence that the FBI gets it the same day? And then under oath, the FBI lawyer looking into this says, no, no, I'm not aware of the CIA getting it on the same day. You think she, ladies and gentlemen, trust me, she's not lying. She is not lying. She's lied about a lot. She's not lying about that. Brennan had to hide his tracks because he was never going to admit to the FBI, a law enforcement entity, that he's using his position to spy on an American citizen. He's hiding that he has the same information. You don't believe me? You're still not convinced? Despite overwhelming evidence, what I'm telling you is true. Brennan's the puppet master and he played the FBI too. Here's Brennan, despite the fact that he's now admitting in this Washington Post op-ed that he had the dossier information. Don't forget what he calls it. The Russia stuff. It's all the only place any of this information exists because it's all fake and made up is in the dossier. That's all the only, this doesn't exist anywhere else. That's what he's talking about in the Washington Post. He's admitting it. He's throwing Obama under the bus because he knows he's caught. He knows he's caught. But you don't believe me that he's denied this from the start and now he's finally starting to realize he's in a lot of trouble. Here's Brennan in this infamous appearance with Chuck Todd from a while ago where he says the dossier information he's now admitting he got in July 28th. Here's him denying it and saying, I never saw any of it until after the election in December. In his own words, check it out. When did you first learn of the so-called Steele dossier and what Christopher Steele was doing? Well, it was a not a very well-kept secret among press circles uh, for several months before it came out. And it was in late summer of 2016 when there were some individuals uh, from the various uh, U.S. Uh, news uh, outlets mm-hmm. who asked me about my familiarity with it. And I had heard just snippets about it. I did not know what was in there. Uh, I did not see it until later in that year. I think it was in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was uh, unaware of uh, the providence of it as well as uh, what was in it. And it did not play any role whatsoever in the intelligence community assessment that was done, that was presented to then-President Obama and then-President-elect Trump. There it is. I'd only heard snippets of it. Sure. I didn't see it till after the election in December. Sure, John. Sure, buddy. There it is. In his own words. By the way, again, I have an interview show this week. It's a special. It's a Spygate special with Devin Nunes, the great Devin Nunes, from congressman from California, who's been all over this, and Carter Page as well um, about his new book and his role in this. Should be good. We'll uh, put it out on Saturday on our feed. You're not going to want to miss that. We'll be recording some of it um, tomorrow. But I'll be asking him about this. Brennan denied it. He said he'd only seen the dossier information in December. I'm telling you, he was marshalling this whole thing. There is one, we know he's marshalling the whole thing, but there's one other scenario that's been bandied about by people familiar with the case. I, I'm, I'm not sure how much of it, it would be interesting, but one of them is that Brennan found out about this, the dossier, not because he was marshalling it, but because he was in fact spying on Steele and others as well. It's a possibility. It, he's still the puppet master. But do you get what I'm saying, Joe? Instead of in a direct involvement with foreign intel people mm-hmm. who are helping get the dossier information to the FBI, right. yeah. that Brennan's getting the information himself 
because he knows Steele's working for Hillary and these other people, and he's spying on them too. That's out there. Hmm. Either way, Brennan is clearly the puppet master and is now throwing Obama under the bus. There is no doubt. All right, let me get to my last sponsor, and I want to get to a couple more stories. I have um, a just really stunning video of Biden and a story about just corporate hypocrisy with Disney that's candidly just embarrassing. People are a joke. I can't do it. We're all principal. Yeah, principal. Sure, we'll call them on the spot. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Vincero. You know, it's one of my favorite sponsors. Wear it every day. They have a huge sale. Vincero, by the way, is V-I-N-C-E-R-O. These are the best watches out there. You see me wear it on the show. Paula's got one. Joe's got one. We love these watches. They have uh, watches for women. They are the best watches out there. Here is the Altitude Blue Face uh, Brown Band, the Altitude Blue Face Black Band. I love, I have a whole bunch of them. <laughs> I love these watches. I get compliments on them all the time. Vincero's running a huge site-wide sale to celebrate their sixth anniversary. These watches are flying off the shelves because they're beautiful. And the prices are really hard to believe. These will not only be, it's not only the biggest sale of the year, it's the biggest sale in Vincero history. Up to 30% off site-wide. No code required. Your discount will automatically be applied at checkout when you visit a vincerowatches.com slash Bongino. I get emails all the time. Dan, what watches that you have on on the air on your show? It's a Vincero every single time. I have a ton of them. I love them. They send me over these watches. I, I, I love them. Sometimes I give a few to my friends because they love them so much and I don't want them to keep asking me about them. Everything on the site is on sale. No exclusions, including all four of their all-new collections are available. The shipping orders directly from their local U.S. distributors to living on time, no delays. With Vinceros, there's no brand name markup. There's no big-time price tags. Their promise to you is simple. Beautiful, solid, well-made, gorgeous watches you will get compliments on, because I do, that you will enjoy wearing. Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day, you're not returning this watch, 30-day returns and guarantees your watch for two years. They have over 22,000 well-earned five-star reviews. You're not going to find a better-made watch for this good of a price anywhere. You will get compliments on it. I promise you. Like I said, these are timepieces you will enjoy wearing every single day. If you don't, Vincero will make it right. That's their promise. If you don't love it, they'll make it right by you. Go shop Vincero with the biggest sale of the year. Go to Vincero, V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com slash Bongino. Stop paying full price on any of these watches. Go today. Huge sale. Take advantage of this opportunity. Get one of my go-to watches at a great price. Again, Vincero watches.com slash Bongino. Beautiful watches. Check that out. Joe's got one too. He's got the altitude with the green band. Love it. All right. So um, one of the things that's really infuriated me about the leftist takeover of our cultural institutions and our culture in general is the uh, cowardly, grotesque weakness of large swaths of corporate America who really believe that the liberal blue check mark Twitter brigade um, is indicative of how the majority of America feels. Um, they don't. The NFL made that mistake. The NBA made that mistake. Let me crap on the American flag and kneel for the national anthem. Sports fans are going to love it. Good luck with that approach as your audience continues to evaporate. But corporate America does this too. They cater to liberal blue check mark America, which is probably about less than 5% of America. Um, and they think that this is going to be a long-term business plan. Let me show you this Washington Examiner story. Be in the show notes today. It's worth your time. Bongino.com slash newsletter for the show notes. So Disney, which, uh, you know, pretends to be, oh, you know, we're all about it. American family, principal American company. Are you really? Someone told me, once, don't talk about Disney, Dan. You live in Florida. If you ever want to know don't care at all. Thank you. Uh, Washington Examiner. Mulan remake gives special thanks to 
Chinese communist bureaus near the site of a reported detention camp by Anthony Leonardi? Huh? So just to be clear, Disney's giving shout outs in their movie Mulan, this new movie coming out, the live action one, to a the Public Security Bureau of the Chinese Communist Party in Turpan, the site of Uyghur concentration camps? This is the same Disney, by the way. Shout, Joe, shout outs to the Communist Party, you know, death yeah. camps and all that stuff. Thanks, fellas, for letting us film near your death camps. This is the same Disney who, remember this story from a couple years ago? We were in the old studio. Mm. I remember talking about this one. The same Disney that thought it was a good idea, as you can see from this article, um, to boycott the state of Georgia over trying to save infant lives with their heartbeat bill. Joe, last time I checked, um, Georgia doesn't have any death camps, um, thankfully. No, no. Let's uh, keep it that way, folks. Please. I hope we don't have any death camps anywhere. Um, But... Is that what Georgia needed to do to get Disney's business established? Death camps? I mean, what, what are we missing here? So death camps in China, you get a shout out. Saving infant lives through a heartbeat bill, which they passed in Georgia. Disney's like, we're definitely boycotting Georgia. We don't want anything to do with Georgia. Heartbeat bill, abortion, that's our bag of donuts. We're not, you know, we got to boycott that state. But China, Uyghur death camps, no problem. Even get a shout out in the film. This is where we are, folks. This is where we are as a country right now. It's really sad. It it is. It's sad to watch. Here's my advice to corporate America. I know you don't care. But but for those, because we have people on boards because we get emails a lot from blue chippers that email me and say, Dan, you're right. I wish my company felt that way. Just stay out of politics. We're not asking you to support conservative causes or to go against them. Not asking you to support libertarian causes or to go against them. We're not asking you to support liberal causes or to go against them. You know what we're asking you to do? Serve your shareholders and the American public and provide products they need at an effective price and shut your pie holes. Mm -hmm. Disney. Someone told me that once. I'm not kidding. Dan, you may want to run for, I'm not running for office. It doesn't matter, even if I was. I was told the same thing in Maryland. Dan, you can't run for Congress and be pro-life in Maryland. We almost won. Yeah. Matter of fact, we did win on election day. So we're good. Thanks. We'll pass on your advice there. All right, let me move on because I've been holding stuff for a couple of days. I want to get to this too. So um, this is just an example of, again, why the media is just a total joke. So remember yesterday we discussed Donald Trump where, listen, it wasn't the greatest comment in the world where he joked on July 27th of 2016 during the campaign, Hillary... You know, if uh, if Hillary's emails out there and the Russians get them, the media would love it. He probably shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't mm-hmm. have said it. I mean, it just don't say stuff like that. It's just not smart. But we talked about how the media still runs with the story that that's the reason the FBI was so concerned about Russian interference because Donald Trump said that. Totally not true. The FBI got the tip the day before that speech, so it had nothing to do with it. So they're still lying. Watch yesterday's show. That'll make more sense. But it's amazing how when Joe Biden does the same thing, but worse, Because unlike Russian collusion, which was fake, so Trump was clearly joking because there's nothing behind that, Biden's got a real China problem. His son Hunter has some, let's call them shady business deals in China Mm. worth hundreds of millions of dollars. That's actually true. But it's weird when Biden talks about China helping him out, 
on video, by the way, what do we get from the media? The answer is we get nothing. We get crickets. Check this out. This is Biden on tape. You probably haven't heard this clip before because it's Biden. If this was Trump, it'd be a national scandal. Bob Mueller would be involved. Check this out. We meet at a time of transition on both sides. Uh, China has a new president and new leaders. I've had the great pleasure and honor of spending uh, a fair amount of time uh, with uh, with President Xi uh, when President uh, Hu and, uh, and uh, President Obama thought the two vice presidents could uh, should get to know one another, and we ended up spending about 10 days together, five in each of our countries, uh, traveling around, and uh, you get to know someone f- fairly well. When I congratulated him on his elevation, I, uh, I asked if he could po- possibly help me. Um, uh, but he, he made no commitment whatsoever. But, um, but all kidding aside, uh, um, we uh, welcome and look forward to uh, the uh, uh, the uh, transition that's taking place on both sides. Is that a joke? Probably. Was Donald Trump joking about the Russians and Hillary's emails? A hundred percent. So why was Donald Trump's obvious joke about the Russians and Hillary's emails? Obvious joke to anyone with a functioning brain and an IQ in the triple digits. Why was that then used as an impetus, which of course is a lie if you watch yesterday's show, but even now they're still sticking by their story. Why was that used as the impetus to start an investigation to Donald Trump? Yet when now soon to be, well, now the Democrat nominee, but at the time he was talking about the, about the soon to be uh, Chinese leader, Xi Jinping, and he's talking about asking him for help, Biden. The Democrat nominee for president. Why is there no investigation into him? Despite the fact that his son actually had business dealings over there that were shady. Because the media doesn't care and neither does the swamp. They're both members of the protected class. Hunter and Joe are members of the Democrat Party. That's why the media, as we can see in these latest polls, people don't trust the media for anything. Coronavirus, information, nothing. The media is garbage. Look at this. CBS News Battleground Tracker. You would think the media, Joe, in, in any sane environment would, would sound the alarm. Gosh, we're literally here to give people the facts and people trust us less than they trust Trump, despite <laughs> us trashing him. Here, this is a poll of nationally registered voters. Trust for information about the virus. They trust your governor, 55%. The CDC, 54%. Trump, 40%. The media, 35%. <laughs> yeah, again, in some limited circles of people with a functioning neuron in their brain, we would call that a clue. Not with the media. They are more than happy to go down in flames in order to take Trump down. Nobody trusts them. You think they'd be interested in that Biden clip there? Someone ask him about it? So you spent a lot of time with Xi Jinping? the current leader of China. You spent a lot of time with him. What did you guys talk about? You joked about asking him for help. Did that involve your son? Anyone going anyone gonna to ask that question? Uh, anybody? Of course you will. We'll ask it on our show. We do actual reporting here. Don't insult me and call me a journalist ever. All right, let me, final block here. Um, again, showing you Biden, just leaving you on kind of a Disturbing but humorous note about how confused this guy is. He can't even get out of his own way. Um, Biden doesn't even know what he stands for himself. Look at this Axios headline about Biden. Remember this with Biden and the mask mandate? You know, Biden, we need a national mask mandate. Three months. Biden calls for a three-month national mask mandate. Be a patriot. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Biden, 
Again, here's Joe. Remember we did the Biden v. Biden debates where I had Joe Biden <laughs> yes. on the show last week debate himself? It's good, yeah. Because he takes the opposite stance on each position all the time. So just to be clear, Joe, you read the headline. Yes. Biden's position, right? We're all reading it, right? We all need a national mask mandate for three months. Folks, you all read it. Axios is not a right-wing outlet. They try to try to pretend they're playing it down the middle. They really do, but whatever. Biden, I want a national mask mandate. So let's go back to Biden debating himself. Here's Biden <laughs> debating himself on the national mask mandate. Uh, Joe, how do you feel about your own national mask mandate? Let's hear what you got to say. Sounds like you might want a stronger federal uh, you know, response to this. Oh. And, and, and do you trust the governors to handle what's best for their states? Well, I hope you can trust the governors. But here's the deal. The federal government, there's a constitutional issue whether the federal government could issue such a mandate. I don't think constitutionally they could. So I wouldn't issue a mandate. But I'd plead with. I'd carry my mask with me everywhere I'd go. I'd set an example. I'd make sure that, and I understand what's happening. You see what's happening in your state. The numbers are going down. We could do a whole, we may have to add another Biden v. Biden debate. What? What? He calls for a national mask mandate. He's asked by an interviewer about his, his national mask mandate, what he plans to do. And he's talking about how he can't do the national mask mandate. Folks, again, for all of your beefs, some of you with President Trump's presentation style, what has he changed on? What? We told you he's going to build a wall? Build a wall. Told you he was going to appoint constitutionalist, originalist federal judges? That's exactly what he did. Told you you were going to get deregulation. That's exactly what you got. Told you you were going to get a tax cut. That's what you got. What has he flipped on? Told you he was going to move on school choice. He did. Told you he was going to get rid of this critical race theory stuff. He did it. I mean, the list goes on and on. You don't have to like him. Again, I don't mind his style. I'm used to it. But at least he doesn't debate himself. It'd be very hard to do a Trump v. Trump debate. Wouldn't be hard to do a Biden versus Biden debate. He debates himself. <laughs> Vice President Biden, you want a national mandate? Absolutely, for three months. Vice President Biden, how do you feel about the national mandate? Unconstitutional. I do not support a national mask mandate. You win, Biden. Which Biden? That Biden. Or this Biden? That Biden. That Biden. I don't know which one's more convincing. <laughs> I'm going to say something I don't, I, I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> you did it at the same time. Paula put her Biden v. Biden <laughs> graphic up. Yeah. You both, see, you're both throwing elements in now. You both, you get it's get the show's getting away from my control here. That's almost like Paul is doing her own thing. Yeah. Joe's running his own <laughs> renegade program. Back to the renegade republic. Paul is running a renegade production staff. Drew sending me text after the show with me and <laughs> he did. He's, let me show you this. Well, I'm, I'm all right. We got to go off this. I know. Let me show you this. This is funny. Hold on. This is Drew. He likes sending me texts. So yesterday he was fascinated by this clip on the show yesterday. Let me turn the volume up. About the Dipsy Dooski Flipperuski. He was yeah. confused because I usually talk about the Dipsy Do Flipperuski, but he wasn't sure about what the Flipperuski Dipsy Dooski was. He says, I need to retract because there's no such thing. So here, here's Drew. He sent this, this is him texting me. Look, the text, <laughs> my own videos. Yeah, this, is this is like the Dipsy Do Flipperuski. The Flipperuski Dipsy Dooski. <laughs> that's, a, that's a text from Drew. Maybe able to read that. He said two days of killer content, but doesn't a flipperuski dipsy dooski negate a dipsy dooski flipperuski? This may be scientifically disingenuous. <laughs> I said, yes, that's a new one for me. I may have to retract. He says, listen, just keep the show honest. <laughs> 
Everybody's running <laughs> renegade programs here. It's not even my show. It's out of control. All right, I got to run. I'm, I'm sorry. I just Sometimes we got to have a little bit of fun. I enjoy the show so much, you know? Like sometimes it even gets away from me. I'm running my own renegade program, the Bongino versus Bongino show. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please check the show out and subscribe at youtube.com slash Bongino. Uh, also on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Those subscriptions are absolutely free, but they really really help us move up the charts a lot and help other people find this. You've been great at helping us out there and we sincerely appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.